Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute, where we're taking you to the volcano one minute at a time. I'm Jarf. I have so many notes for this minute. I'm just kidding. I'm Tierney Steele. And I'm Jonathan Carlyle. And I'm Tabitha Carlyle. Welcome back. Your first recurring guest for Joe vs. the Minute, the couple so delightful we had to invite them back again. Yay. Thanks for having us. We got a couple of Carlisles over here. <laughs> I think that went over my head. <laughs> I got to work on my Irish beat cop accent. accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these are fun minutes this week. I'm excited to talk about them. Super fun. We have some awesome cameos and some general John Patrick Shanley quirkiness. Uh, but let's jump right in. I can't in. breathe. I have so many things to say. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> So we're talking about minute 40 of Joe versus Volcano. And this minute's got everything. It's got St. Patrick's. It's got dogs. It's got shopping. I was doing the Stefan thing with my fingers, but this is a podcast, so actually that doesn't work. Never mind. Just kidding. We'll picture it. And as Tierney mentioned, it's got St. Patrick's, so it starts with the limo pulling up across the street from St. Patrick's Cathedral, and it ends with Joe admiring his haircut in the window of... Tierney, do you know how to pronounce the name of the store? Hammock or Schlemmer. Nice. Hammock or Schlemmer. Or at least that's how I've always said it, so I hope it's right. <laughs> Learning as we go. So Joe's going shopping. Joe's getting a makeover. It's classic rom-com, but not quite at the point in a rom-com when you usually get the makeover. And usually Ozzie Davis isn't there, so, you know, that helps. No, he isn't usually there. He's kind of like his fairy godmother now, taking him around to the different places. Well, he's not in every shot, so he's still letting Joe kind of uh, figure himself out a little bit. That's true. Yes, because he he drew a bright line between what role he's comfortable with and what role he is not comfortable with. And, and I like that. And so, and then it just allows us to get these delightful scenes of Tom Hanks playing against this quirky cast of characters that they bring in for all the shopping that he does. Do we want to go in order of the stores? Yeah, let's go in order of the stores. All right. So first up, we have Alfred Dunhill with two Marmadukes out front. I'm assuming those are Great Danes. They're adorable. I think this is supposed to remind us of him leaving the doctor's office since it's the same size dog. It definitely reminded uh, me of that. I think he's supposed to be remembering like, hey, remember when I left the doctor's office and I hugged that dog and now I'm going past more of those dogs into this store. So Alfred Dunhill LTD, it, it's a British luxury goods brand. So my curiosity is, my uh, question is, how much do we think these plain white cotton boxers cost? <laughs> because the implication is supposed to be that they are quite pricey. I was going to say probably like $100 each, but I'm sure it's more than that. This was this was kind of back in the time when like white pants and stuff were kind of the thing too. Or like, you know, it was like the, the preppy sailor boys, I guess, you know, would wear like white. I don't know. Maybe that's still the style, I guess. But not yeah. that boxers go on the outside, but that white. There's probably a premium for that plain white material. Probably. Oh, I just realized I've committed a faux pas. According to the Wikipedia article. Alfred Dunhill, Dunhill built a series of retail emporiums for men around the world, and I'm gonna assume that a Manhattan store would be one of them, right across the street from St. Patrick's, referred to as the homes of Alfred Dunhill. 
They offer a range of services, which include a bespoke tailoring service, Dunhill Barber's Bar or Restaurant and Screening Room. Oh, but this is the homes are located in London and Tokyo. Oh, maybe not. Maybe maybe this is just a store. Just a store. <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to think that Joe is buying someone else's underwear from their home. <laughs> <laughs> Nine of your best underwear, please. <laughs> well broken in. But I've only got seven, sir. Excuse me, sir. This is a Wendy's. <laughs> um, and then our next door, I'm very upset about because, oh, before we go to our next door, I have to say, I never, like, got the Statue of Liberty interaction as a kid. I was like, is Marshall annoyed? What's where did she come from? What's happening? I actually have some notes about that. First, the Statue of Liberty is played by Jennifer Stewart, internationally known as the original Statue of Liberty lookalike. Jennifer Stewart won the National Statue of Liberty Centennial Lookalike Contest in 1986 when she beat out a thousand contestants, and she was crowned winner during the live broadcast of CBS This Morning News. Ooh. She's wow. done this rendition all across the world and throughout the United States, it says on her website, from sea to shining sea. So super fun. Then to flesh out the scene a little bit, there was something I found in the screenplay. She actually has an interaction with Marshall more than just this funny look that they exchange. So she walks up next to him and it just says she's dressed as the Statue of Liberty. They they obviously went a lot farther with having her in the full green paint and the whole living Statue of Liberty thing, but they exchange glances and she's holding a tin cup and she says, how about a dollar for the way I look? And he says, shoot, how about a dollar for the way I look? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So then we're, where are we next, Journey? The, the Horn of Africa? Yeah. Uh, which I can't find anything about a Horn of Africa store in Manhattan. I couldn't either. So I was wondering I if it was. I can find a deli, but that's not helping us. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if it was an actual store, if they just had to make that one for, for the show. That It's so weird because... There are plenty of stores like that. Just go to one of the... It just seems odd that they went to all these real stores, but mm -hmm. this one is fake. The... Not bunting. What is that thing called that goes over... Whatever. It matches the one next to it. So I'm just very confused about the Horn of Africa, which I know is a real place. Thanks, Google. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if it was an actual store at that time, we'd still be able to find it on Google right or there should like still they be, be a erased. reference there'd to be a trace it. somewhere yeah what's the rich guy's name in this movie i always forget his name Grindelor. the guy who hired him to do all this stuff yeah when he's telling the story of the native people the wamapoke is that what he uh anyway he mentions the horn of, of africa that they went around the horn of africa when they were you know going to and fro um hmm. so i don't know if, if it's just like that that little story link of hmm. having him Go to the store that's the same name. I betcha. Yeah. That makes I sense. did get over it very quickly because he is so pleased with his hat selection. <laughs> it is adorable. Joe is so happy to have this hat. He is so pleased with it. it. That's exactly what I was referring to when I said these little delightful interactions because he, Tom Hanks is endearing just in this short scene, no dialogue, 
or it's just him. He's play acting as an adventurer, and you can see how he's digging into it, and he's getting just the right costume, which I can relate to. Anytime my wife and I have decided to try out a new hobby, kayaking or something, there's the day we decide to do it. There's the day that we get all of the appropriate gear, all our waterproof equipment to keep our cell phones from being ruined, all that, and then the day that we eventually do it. And that prep day, it's its own adventure. You're getting psyched up. You're getting, you're getting prepped. You're getting all the right gear. So I can relate. Yeah. And Joe is really blossoming. Like he's, he's a much different person than when we were on in previous minutes when he was leaving his job. He's definitely on his, <laughs> on his journey and he's becoming this different person and he's happy and it's fun. Well, and I really like Marshall would not like this hat. Like Marshall would not have picked this out for him. This is something he did on his own. Marshall took him to the store, but he's waiting outside while Joe picks out his stuff. And this is something Joe has to do for himself. Mm -hmm. The hat makes the man. That's true. (laughs) The man with the hat is back. (laughs) That is a great point, Tabitha. And I hadn't thought of it till you pointed it out. But the whole way that he carries himself is completely transformed from the Joe that we saw at the beginning of this movie. Mm-hmm. That's before he loses the mullet. <laughs> yes, <that's> <laughs> yeah. Do we know what hair salon this is supposed to be? We don't get an establishing shot. Okay. I was trying to figure out if they were trying to say it was the, um, oh shoot, what's her name? Elizabeth Arden. There's like the red door salons that they have that I know are like a big deal for rich New Yorkers and or people obsessed with Gossip Girl books, (laughs) but I don't know if that was... Like, I know that existed, obviously that was a big thing, but I don't know if there was something in the 80s that they were trying to evoke with the look of this set. Honestly, I hate to say it, it's the same color and decor as Trump Tower in New York, but it's a lot of like that pink goldy color with the mirrors. Money and no taste. I think it definitely, you know, it has that classic big salon, rich salon feel. And I don't know. It's just in the bottom of a department store with the stairways that grow up. Do you think it's some kind of department store or no? That would make sense. Do we hear it when Marshall's on the phone when he's calling and making the appointment? Or is he? does he just ask for her by name? I just heard Cassie's name. What is Cassie's last name? I didn't write it down. I almost wrote it down and then I didn't. Damn it. <laughs> I think I have that. Set like Cimarelli. Cimarelli. <laughs> yeah. On IMDb, she's just credited as hairdresser. But in but we hear him, which is strange because it's Carol Kane, who is amazing. And we hear Marshall say her name. So. And she has this little fabulous line when she's like doing the thing with the mirror. <laughs> Like, here, look at your hair as I'm moving the mirror. (laughs) 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 But the way she says it, I just, I can't imagine anyone other than Carol Kane doing this. (laughs) And her haircut is something. It's Oh, her haircut is sharp. I like it. I totally miss that she's got a ponytail thing Yeah, it's like a mix. to be a Jedi? It's a mix (laughs) between like a 1920s kind of style haircut and... Something not 1920s with her ponytail braid down the down the back. I was less happy when I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I had never noticed it before today. So thanks, Movies by a Minute format. Yes, same. <laughs> 
I think when I was a kid, my grandma was a hairdresser and then my mom cut my hair for a long time after my grandma passed. I think I only knew women hairdressers or there was like barbers for men, but it was just shortcuts. So I think whenever I saw a man hair as a hair you know hairstylist in a movie it was like that was a fancy salon if a man was doing hair there then it was a fancy place i don't know when i was a kid that's what i thought are there any men in this yeah shot? when you first go when you first go in there's a man like blow drying and styling up hair and speaking of that pan over the group the only one in the group that i saw that really gets a credit is courtney gibbs and a couple fun facts about courtney oh do you recognize that name? No, but sorry, I just realized I always read it as Carol Kane is the hairdresser. Cassie is the woman we see hanging up the phone that is who Marshall called. Hey, Cassie, how do I need someone to like I'm bringing someone in. Cassie runs the place. Carol Kane is the hairdresser. So she doesn't even she doesn't even have Now, a name. that's not how it looks in the script, but I oh. just I, I realized that. I was like, why didn't that strike me as odd? And I realized because I never assumed it was Carol Kane on the other end of that phone right. call. Right. Normally, there I would be someone her. who would do the booking, but yeah. he's got a personal relationship with Cassie. So th- that's the only way that he's able to get Joe the appointment. He's doing an end run around the normal scheduling process and calling up his friend who will take his call and she's okay i can squeeze him in i've got a thing on my schedule yeah see i thought that was the woman in the fabulous is that like a yellow check no it's not the the black and white plaid but not plaid jacket blazer yeah. jacket i assumed that was cassie i could be totally wrong because everything i'm seeing written implies that cassie is carol kane and she's just credited in IMDb as saleswoman. Oh, so she's okay. played by Courtney Gibbs, and she had a recurring role on All My Children. She was Miss Texas, nineteen eighty-eight, and the funnest thing that I saw on her IMDb is she played Luigi's girlfriend on Super Mario Brothers Super Show. <laughs> was that the cartoon, or was was that the live action? The live action. Oh, okay. You don't put Miss Texas behind a cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) So as Tierney said, we only get this one amazing line, Shazam, from (laughs) Carol Kane. A prince in a fairy tale. (laughs) And then you get Shazam. Shazam. (laughs) You have to move your shoulders as you say it. It's amazing. Listeners at home, try it. Shazam. Enjoy the shimmy. Is that line, the prince in a fairy tale, is that is that a little on the nose? Or is that to help us realize that this movie is kind of a fairy tale? Or Yeah, I think so. I don't think the movie minds being on the nose. <laughs> but I never I never understood what she was saying there. So I'm glad that you said that, Tierney. It was always just Carol Kane. And then Shazam. When she's showing him, you know, she's basically like, look what a good job. And she goes, like a prince in a fairy tale. <laughs> that one, you don't get the shoulder shimmy, but you have to like do a little circle with your upper torso. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this whole this whole week is a foreshadow, you know, so I think that talking about him being a friend. Fr- 
a prince in a fairy tale is also foreshadowing, you know, and they're showing all of the items that he's getting. They just about show all of those, you know, later on in the movie again. So it's like Chekhov shopping trip. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm just going to delete all the possible titles I put in the spreadsheet. (laughs) that, that, That wins the day right there. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and I also do like Marshall's You're Coming Into Focus, Kid. You know, because we've been enjoying a montage for this minute that started, you know, the music, Nada started playing and you knew it was party time. <laughs> and it's still going as, it, you know, as this goes on. But I think Marshall is showing like, time is passing. We are progressing. You're coming into focus. Thank God the mullet is dead. Yes. <laughs> the mullet will not long live. <laughs> yes. Speaking of Mas Kanata, as I was researching for these minutes, like in Star Wars, do they is that the whole reason for Maz Kanata's name? <gasps> oh, what? It's supposed to be like this party haven? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I just I was today years old. <laughs> God, this isn't gonna air for so long, and I'm gonna have to sit on this knowledge that whole time. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> well, JJ Abrams. Do any of you have any other notes for this minute before we share the special treat that we have for our listeners? No, I don't think so. I just do not. Yeah, just that it ends in front of him checking out the haircut. Also, please note, this is just a completely normal haircut that she gives him. I do kind of like what a big deal it is, and he does look great, but like, that's a pretty standard do. <laughs> um, <laughs> So the minute ends with them checking it out, and we will get to see the inside of Hammocker Schlummer tomorrow. It is a real store. It has been offering unique items since 1848, so uh, we'll have some fun with that on Wednesday. Nice. Okay, special treat. As we mentioned, only just get a very brief exchange with Carol Kane, but in the screenplay, she had several lines that didn't make the cut. So prepare yourself, listeners, for... A deleted scene from Joe versus the Volcano. Everybody ready? <clears throat> mm-hmm. All right. Take it away, Tierney. Interior salon, day. It's a large, bustling beauty center in Midtown. There must be 15 hairdressers spread out over a spacious, well-windowed area. It's a festive place with glossy magazines and coffee and water running and blow dryers going. Happy Brazilian music is playing on the sound system. Now we zero in on Cassie's corner. Cassie is in her 30s with a short, fetching, up-to-the-minute haircut. She's also got a terrific personality. She's the salt of the earth, and she's cutting Joe's hair. Marshall sits on a nearby chair. He's reading B, a trendy magazine. How are you making me look? I'm undoing this cut from before. This is some piece of geography. Where'd you get this? In one of those subway barbershops. It has that reality. Grim, you're a very handsome guy. I'm just going to bring that out. Marshall, which one is that? It's the in and out issue. That's the best. What's in? Carrie Fisher, Barcelona, African Americans, Happy Endings, the New York Daily, tomato salads. The New York Daily News. Sorry, Jarf. <laughs> I was just going to breeze by. We are doing this in one take, people. <laughs> the New York Daily News, tomato salads, God, 
garlic, wristwatches you have to wind up, and true love. Did you say Carrie Fisher? You don't like Carrie Fisher? I love Carrie Fisher! I can't believe it! So intelligent, so dry, that's a totally great list! What's out? Read it slow. Kafka? CDs? That's true. I've had it with Kafka. Those little eyes, so full of misery. <laughs> That's a scene. And scene. <laughs> I really heard Carol in your voice at the end there, Tabitha. Truly evoked the spirit. Tabitha, that was an amazing Carol Kane. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I do really like that list of of what's in. That is a great I list. I know, right? What's in 1989-90? When Marshall says that CDs are out, is he talking about like the financial CDs or the music CDs? Because that seems oh, way early. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, unless they thought that CDs were just a fad that was going to be over in a month. Because CDs already existed. So maybe they thought they weren't going to make it. Hmm. But it could have been financial CDs. Yeah. It works either way. Like, I could see arguments for both. It's a great question. I thought it was music CDs, but I think it is from the perspective of 2019 when they are very much out. But in 1989, 90, it would have been, as Tierney said, just, oh, CDs are so last year. Because <laughs> they would have just been coming... People were transitioning from tapes to CDs. Yeah, this would have been time. Yeah, right. Exactly when I sent mm -hmm. my penny in to what was that? <laughs> BMG, oh, Columbia, Columbia <laughs> and I got my twelve CDs. Columbia House. My, my penny and my soul, <laughs> and your commitment for the next however long till you finally bought your CDs. They're still coming, aren't they? <laughs> yes, they're still coming. Well, I'm going to go wind my watch and find true love. <laughs> we breezed right over this, but this was our second Star Wars reference of the minute. Carrie Fisher. How beautiful to have this nod to Carrie Fisher in this deleted mm -hmm. scene. And I a thousand percent agree with everything that Cassie said about Carrie Fisher. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of too bad. I mean, I, I understand they're keeping it moving, but it's really weird to have Carol Kane. Like, you barely have time to recognize, wait, is that Carol Kane? And then she's gone. Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is really fast. I was thinking the same from both counts because I do understand why you have to whisk through these scenes and you're really much more invested in Tom, Joe collecting all of these items for his quest. But when you see the dialogue that they would have had and you know that it's Carol Kane, you, you, you can't help but feel a little bit of sense of loss. But that's why we gave you listeners the delight of hearing us inexpertly act it out. <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> once we started reading into it, I was like, oh, Joe only has the two lines in this thing. But that makes sense because, uh, I don't know, if, if I go to get a haircut, I don't do a lot of talking. Yeah, once once the business starts, I just sit still and shut up. And he enjoys the haircut because he likes his head being touched. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> but I usually yeah. cut his hair. So uh, I always cut his hair. And I usually have to say, don't fall asleep because <laughs> he finds it so relaxing as I'm cutting his hair that like he'll just like nod off. I'm like, whoa, you can't move your head. <laughs> gotta, yeah. Cut something wrong. <laughs> Boys don't even have the excuse when I would dye my hair. It's just like, I'm just going to hang out here for 20 minutes and read a magazine. 
ones. <laughs> yep. And now I cut my own hair. But that's because I'm a cheapskate, not just <laughs> have someone at home to do it for me. Yeah, I appreciate a hairdresser who is, like, polite and friendly. Like, I'm not anti-talking to people, but I hate the, like, do I have to keep... Because, like, girls getting their hair cut takes a while. And it's like, am I supposed to keep up an inane conversation for the next 40 minutes? (laughs) Why? Yeah. So ponder that, society. Ponder that. (laughs) And you've gotten a little bit of a glimpse into the Carlisle's home life. So you're welcome. (laughs) Tabitha cuts Jonathan's hair. (laughs) (laughs) That falls Do you want to let listeners know where they can find you on the internet? Well, you sure can, because uh, we talked about Carol Kane, and that, you know, I I did a little thing called the Princess Bride Minute, where Carol Kane had a, you know, still a cameo, but a little bit longer, maybe a little more memorable, because people have a little bit of time to realize that might be who it is, but... Yes, the Princess Bride Minute, and uh, we are currently working on UHF 62nd. I don't know when this is coming out, but I'm sure we are still working on UHF 62nd. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll just plug a podcast that we've guested on recently, the new season of Bat Minute. Well, they are talking about Batman forever, so uh, you can find us on their new season. Nice. Tierney, do you want to give a plug? I've been kissed by Rose. <laughs> Sorry. I also guessed it on that minute, so I've had that song stuck in my head forever. I think you were on the wink, weeks wink. before us. Maybe I think they mentioned, mentioned oh, that. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they're, they're a really fun place to hang out, especially since Batman is my favorite superhero because he's just like a regular guy with cool toys. So I appreciate geeking out over that. And I also just completed a other Movies by Minute podcast about the movie MASH, which is very different than this one. (laughs) So if I am being a little too giddy to be shopping in Manhattan, that's why. (laughs) Congratulations, Tierney. Now I have to go edit another episode. (laughs) But it will be by the time this airs. Cool. And listeners can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Joe versus Minute. They can join our Facebook group, which, as we mentioned last time we had you all on, Jonathan came up with the name of the Joe versus the Minute listeners luggage raft. And oh, we get to find out why soon. <laughs> we get to find out why very soon. This week, in fact. So we'll be back on Wednesday. Where to now, Tierney? Did you have them on this week on purpose for that? For purpose of the luggage? For the, yes. lu- for the mm-hmm. luggage? <laughs> My co-host is smart. Oh, thank you. I'm going to follow him. <laughs> I'm going to follow him away from the things of man. Now I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to go. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.